Hello everybody and welcome back to Two Girls One Book Pod with me Rhiannon and Hannah in our respective residences. Um, it's good to be back. I just said to Hannah it feels like it's been an absolute age since we last did this but it's it's only been two weeks. I've had a lot of stuff in the last weeks. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what it is. It just we've we've crammed a lifetime worth of stuff into a short space of time. Um but we're here, we're still we're still standing, we're still reading books. Um <laughs> But yeah, we are here to discuss our most recent featured read, um, which if you have listened to our last podcast, and actually if you've just looked at the title of the podcast, which I will be putting <laughs> be your first clue. Spoiler <laughs> alert. We're going to be talking about Clara and the Sun um, by Kazuo Ishiguro, um, who we both only recently started reading, um, yeah. having both both read Never Let Me Go last month. Oh, yeah. Time. I don't, I don't know what yeah. time it is. But yeah. Um, and we both really enjoyed that, so we thought we would launch in with the the new one. Um, so I think Hannah's going to give us a little brief rundown of what it's about. Um, I think again, we're probably going to be in spoiler territory. Yeah. Um, because we're we're gonna. I mean, I deep dive sort of. We're just going to talk about stuff. Um, so and we're too tired to not spoil it. Oh so. my goodness! Yeah, we're both pretty tired. So I'm hoping that this is going to be just brilliant content that I don't have to edit too much. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> it might be the complete opposite. <laughs> um, so, cool. Right, Hannah, go. Yes, Clara and the Sun um, is a story centers around Clara. No surprise. Who is and an the AF. sun? <laughs> oh, I think the sun plays a part as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Clara is an AF, which stands for artificial friend. So it's um, a sci-fi novel, but set in. We're not really sure when. It seems kind of Mm-mm. a norm, like now time period, mm-hmm. if not very, very near future. Um, in a world where children have artificial friends, so she is essentially a robot and she's bought by well AFs are bought by parents to give company to their children um it feels like a world where people are a lot more isolated which I feel like we can all relate to this last year or so Mm. um and Clara becomes the artificial friend of Josie who is a girl who's not particularly well we learn a little bit more through the novel about the where's and why for's of her illness um and it's about Clara kind of learning and understanding about emotions and connections and how, how she can help Josie and what her role is in her life. Um, and that's, yeah, that's a long and short of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. I, I feel like I'm getting into his style of writing. Yeah. Um, I said last time, I've, got remain to the day downloaded on my kindle actually and i'm i'm really excited i'm gonna dive into that soon i think as well Mm -hmm. um because i think i'm i'm in i'm into it now um and it's been quite interesting i didn't read any reviews beforehand my mum read it and said that she liked it 
um but i didn't read any reviews and it's quite interesting looking at the polarizing views on it yeah um because i've looked at them since and yeah i was just quite interested to read what people thought um what what did you think I really enjoyed it also. Um, again, I think I like the way that he writes and the way that, the uh, which is the same in Never Let Me Go, the protagonist, the narrator that we're hearing the, the voice of is in Clara and the Sun, the robot character and in Never yeah. Let Me Go is the clone. So it's a narration and a character that you almost would imagine you don't have an emotional connection to because they're not a human being. But I still managed to kind of feel this deep emotional connection and want for yeah. them to feel things and succeed and, yeah. and get what they want at the end of the story, which I think is really clever to be able to make you feel that for a a, a non-human character. Well, if, if anything, it's the fact that you feel for the non-human character and don't really care for the actual humans Yeah. Um, in in both, both the books, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we'll we'll talk about the the varying different characters, um, in a bit. But yeah, Clara just comes across as so innocent and yeah. and sweet and wanting just wanting to help, just <laughs> do the very best yeah. um, that she could possibly do. Yeah, it I really liked her. It doesn't really. This is one of the things. So we read this with um Stacy on uh on bookstagram one of our our little friends um i don't know whether she's little but (laughs) (laughs) everybody looks little on a phone screen (laughs) exactly everyone's small on the little instagram squares (laughs) when we'd all finished reading it um and i was a bit behind on on my reading schedule but uh i said i finished reading it and thought i had so many more questions than (laughs) than i started with and i think maybe that's what people didn't like i don't know that might be one of the things that people found infuriating that yeah a lot of questions are raised yeah things particularly solved yeah i think because you're viewing it from clara's point of view which is this very kind of tunnel vision almost that she has a, a very small awareness of the things that are happening in the wider world but her vision is on josie and how can she help josie and how does she fix her that you hear the glimpses of things, but because Clara never asks those questions, we never get those answers, which I can understand would be frustrating for some people. Yeah. I personally like to make up my own answers. I don't really care what the, what the truth well, same, is. Well, that's, that's same, what, that's what I said. I, I, I've been really enjoying the fact that I'm not being spoon-fed and I'm letting my imagination run somewhat wild we're given lots of little pointers and like as the book goes on just little hints are dropped here and there as to like what's actually going on yeah but nothing's ever set in stone or tied up with a little bow and i i like that and i felt that in um never let me go as well yeah um so i'd be interested to read more if is is that his signature (laughs) is that what he does I'm I don't not sure. know. I've, I've not read anything. I've I've read little bits and pieces about Remains of the Day that I think it is a similar kind of very singular point of view story yeah. in that you get that one person's view of the world and everything else is kind of to your 
imagination I guess yeah um but yeah I really I like that kind of writing style and it, it almost makes you feel like it's one of those choose your own adventure stories you may yeah. well have a have a totally different idea that to what I do as to what was going on in the wider world um and I and I enjoyed that I like that yeah. idea I think it, it makes you makes you question things more I guess mm-hmm. the whole premise of, of this book is like you say it deals a lot with um loneliness and uh that side of things and also what what it actually means to be human um and i guess that differs according to everybody so maybe that's why he leaves many things completely ambiguous and up to Mm -hmm. the reader to decipher um so i really enjoyed it i got a lot out of it and we discussed the fact that we found it a little bit difficult to read in terms of the chapters not existing. Oh. <laughs> I, I've really noticed how slow I become when I don't have chapters. Why is yeah. that? What's I think it's... I thought about this so much because I was like, why? I love reading. Reading is my great passion. Why have I struggled to pick this book up? And I think it's because in the busy life that we lead, it's so much more daunting to know... I've got 80 pages to read. Whereas if it's a very small chapter, I can be like, oh, I'll just have a little flick of that whilst I'm, I don't know, on the toilet. (laughs) Like, (laughs) just... (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, I can read five pages while I'm having a wee. I can't read 80 pages. I might get some sort of illness. Like, yes, yeah. I think it's a bit. It's a lot. I mean, I think some some men could because they disappear (laughs) for ages. I don't know about yours, but... (laughs) <laughs> do you know what I mean though no, I think that's yeah. the thing is it feels like and I read a lot on my lunch break I take books to work with me yeah. it feels like a bigger deal for me to sit down and read 80 pages than it does for me to be like I'll do a few chapters that's fine yeah. so I I really struggled to pick it up and go this is I'm in it for the long haul now this is have I got an hour yeah. have I got a cup of coffee sit down yeah um yeah so be warned if you're reading it oh, I mean if you've not heeded our spoiler alert as well <laughs> i don't think we've spoiled anything yet but there's there's still time um but yeah i think the the quote on the back going back to like the what it is to be human thing the quote on the back of the book uh is do you believe in the human heart i don't simply mean the organ obviously i'm speaking in the poetic sense the human heart do you think there is such a thing something that makes each of us special and individual so yeah that's kind of the whole plot point um and clara clara's um selling point her usp uh, from the manager at the shop that she was bought from um even though clara's a, a slightly older model of uh, artificial friend uh, she is seen as being particularly um astute and aware of her surroundings and really uh fantastically able to learn isn't she yeah um so that's one of the reasons that she is picked um and so the kids do the picking don't they i didn't really we we never we don't know whether everyone gets artificial friends well actually we know that some people don't because rick her childhood friend slash boyfriend slash weird 
awkward relationship um, <laughs> arranged marriage he, arranged marriage he doesn't have one but he's kind of of a different uh social standing isn't he yeah um that's one of the other things that we see a lot of in the book yeah i think it's alluded to that that an artificial friend is something that um a more um socially mobile person would have yeah i guess like any kind of technology it's yeah. the the rich kids are the ones that get the the brand new yeah. iphones before everybody else it's the similar kind of true um, feeling but um yeah we never get told like how much an artificial friend is or like none of that side of things is mentioned is it no i'd imagine quite expensive though quite pricey yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah i think um especially with the kind of the abilities to to learn and observe yeah. that they have um yeah i think we have to assume that it's only the kind of upper classes which was one of the things that I kind of took from it is that it almost seemed like as a result of whatever has happened in this world that they're in, that there didn't appear to be any middle class. You were either poor or you were rich. There wasn't anything in between. Um, yeah. Um, and then the the main thing that we never really come to any strong conclusions about is um the the notion of certain kids being lifted um and what being lifted means like we've got we we don't really know um spoiler alert you never find out <laughs> um but there are lots of things that are alluded to and the fact that uh it's the upwardly mobile kids seem to be the ones that are having this lifting thing done yeah. to them i mean um, I, I think i definitely took it that it was some sort of genetic modification yeah. that the richer parents could pay for which would enhance their potential whether it was intelligence yeah. or skills talents things like that which yeah. to a certain extent there is just financially in the world i know that the big college scandal in america of a mm -hmm. parent who has got the ability to a child that maybe didn't have as great talents as a, a, a child from a lower social standing, in inverted commas, yeah. that by virtue of having that money to be able to push them upwards, um, I wonder yeah. whether it's a, some sort of a kind of comment on that, the idea of pushy parents being able to provide these little step-ups yeah. for their children. To yeah, the detriment so, of kids who have got natural well, born talents for things but can't exactly. afford it. Yeah. Um, and um so Josie uh is is lifted, has been lifted, and Rick, her boyfriend, is unlifted. Um and his mother and him uh they're they're poor. We don't know we don't really know like when they got poor <laughs> or like we that was one of the things that i uh was wondering about because then rick's mum has a, a weird like relationship with this this like a college admissions person isn't he yeah yeah um, he's in charge and, of like the scholarships and things yeah and like what's gone on there like that relationship was never really uh explained and 
the allude the, the things that were alluded to there made me think that they used to be of a higher social standing and then something had gone on yeah it, that had meant that they'd pretty much lost everything yeah um yeah but yeah that we was... only see that through clara's eyes and she as this yeah. robot has no concept of anything else that, that she can only see what she sees in front of her eyes she doesn't really have a concept of another thing that might have happened um so we never get those answers <laughs> no we don't um but i enjoyed wondering about that yeah um and then there's various other characters as well that we that they're all on the sidelines all that become ish a part of clara's life um the the housekeeper melania housekeeper that was her name wasn't it yeah um she's she's one of those characters that was i mean she was quite she was quite fun i quite liked her um the way that she was just like a no nonsense really didn't seem to like clara but accepted her on the terms that clara and the housekeeper wanted the best for josie yeah um and then she just vanishes like she just goes yeah it wasn't ever really explained i guess it's that she moved on because life had happened and time passed by but then clara hadn't moved on and i was never quite sure whether melania housekeeper was also a robot of some kind she seemed like to me she didn't speak in an entirely human way i wasn't sure whether she was okay i presumed she was just foreign of some description and was very uh blunt she was she was very blunt (laughs) i I imagined her i guess it's because of her name she in my head looked like melania trump and was like (laughs) you know like the like a fembot off austin powers just right, like yeah, yeah. robotic, I have no feelings. I am yeah. Melania. That's what I felt. <laughs> Melania housekeeper. She was Melania yeah. Trump okay. in my mind. I I liked all of these peripheral characters. We had uh, who else did we have? Oh, Rosa, who's was another artificial friend. The artificial friend that uh, Clara makes friends with. So the friends can like make friends with other artificial friends when they were like in the the store together so her and rosa hung out in the window didn't they yeah of the store i um, liked rosa she did just seem a little bit like dim though yeah she was ditzy. very much like she just was happy to be where and we never got an answer as to what happened with rosa there was a weird no. moment where she almost clara had like a strange vision almost of her in pieces on the floor yeah but then we didn't know what happened to her where she went um, at the, uh, well at the end the manager when the manager finds clara the very yeah. end she says that she didn't have a good time of it did yeah that she didn't end she, yeah yeah so it, again it's alluded to that she's she she had a bit of a traumatic life <laughs> <laughs> if robots have lives um artificial but that's the big question yeah <laughs> exactly um so yeah oh my god i mean there's so many big questions <laughs> What other questions did I write down? Um, so I, I wrote, lifting, what is it? Why are people so weird about it? <laughs> and why does it make them ill? So that was the thing that we kind of find out, isn't it? It's the fact that she's been lifted or genetically modified or whatever. Yeah. 
that's I made pre- her ill. Presume it's something to do with that genetic modification. To get yeah. a strength in one area, you usually have to weaken another. another and it, yeah. whether it's something to do with that, yeah, it's a strange, it's a strange, like parental kind of question of like yeah. how much are you willing to risk your child's health to give them what you perceive as a better future and what is important is yeah yeah it's um it's a strange one and then I kind of the other thing which I was not confused about but there was a strange weird like a meeting where it was almost like um the kids were all so isolated they lived in their own little bubbles with their oblongs that they had lessons on which is so close to home this last year Mm -hmm. but that it was almost as though that they they never met up with each other socially so had they got the social skills that they needed to be able to be in the world so the parents had to kind of create these fake social set scenarios yeah, for they them were called to inter interaction meetings weren't yeah. they like official meetings that they had to they had to have and all the kids were so weird yeah like, there were yeah. so many like strange they were really strange interaction meetings yeah, um, it was like a weird glimpse into the future if we carried on homeschooling all of our yeah. kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's it's true. Like, it really does affect affect you, doesn't it? Um, and, like, personally speaking, like, having now been able to socialise with people a little bit more, it's really tiring. <laughs> I really yeah. like seeing people again, but after not having that in my life for quite a long time it does take a lot of brain power to like be good at it yeah definitely so i can i can i could appreciate their weirdness and and how they were like they were trying to be really polite but then but kids are always gonna say like the wrong thing yeah at some stage you know no filter um and yeah. poor poor Rick had to get involved in that as well. That's what I was just going to say. There was a really weird moment where they were weirdly mean to him and looked down upon yeah. him because he wasn't lifted and why he shouldn't have been there because he's not lifted. And yeah. it's, yeah, it just, that made me feel a bit uncomfortable. It made me feel a little bit like, oh yeah, that's that kind of classist thing that is only taught to children through their environment like a child yeah. is not born thinking that one person is better than the other because they have more stuff that's yeah. bred into not bred <laughs> but that's like it's ingrained yeah, no, into you mean, yeah. through kind of the environment that you're brought up in um and then but the 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 mum's relationship so rick so they live i don't know whether i said this so rick lives next door basically to josie mm-hmm. doesn't he and their mum's uh, seemingly good friends so that's what made me question about maybe Rick's mum used to be of higher standing as well because they they get on they get on well and then obviously something's happened to her which has meant that she's now not higher standing but I was wondering whether her decision not to have Rick lifted was the thing that that made that happen or was her social standing the reason why he couldn't get lifted yeah i don't, I don't know I, it was there was those weird things when we said before about the um 
the relationship that she'd had with that with Vance, who was the scholarship um, guy, that it was kind of I felt like was it that they were that did she cheat on him? Did she? Mm. There was something. There was a thing where she'd kind of said, "Oh, I bet it makes you happy to see that I'm." Yeah. poor or something and it, and it, yeah it was really strange I don't really understand what it was I don't know I don't know Clara didn't that, understand it, it so we well, exactly <laughs> yeah exactly I think it's it it's one of the things that makes us think that we can't know what's going on with everybody I think there's a lot of there's a lot of points in the book where I was just thinking because of the question about the human heart and like learning, basically learning about it, because that's Clara's task, isn't it? Which we'll get onto in a bit. But the fact that there's there's just so much inside us, mm-hmm. like that the outside world can't possibly know. Yeah. Um. So I think throwing up all of those questions about these sort of peripheral characters is one of the ways to just make us makes think about that um yeah. but yeah maybe it's good for us to talk about uh what is clara tasked with um more than just being a companion for yeah. josie so one of the the big kind of mysteries in the beginning of the book is that we hear about this portrait which is being made of clara of not of clara of josie um and it's kind of touched upon and touched upon. And she goes into the city and she sits for these photographs for this portrait. Um, and you do kind of go, that's a bit weird. Something is a bit weird going on there. Yeah, um, it's definitely alluded to that he's a right creep. <laughs> yeah, um, that we don't really know the full story of it. And then in the end, Jos- Clara goes along with Josie and the mother to, what's his name? Mr. Capaldi's. Um, yeah, studio. Not Lewis <laughs> Capaldi, Mr. Capaldi. Oh, I thought Peter Capaldi. Oh. Doctor Who. Um, but that yes, works. he goes to the studio and um, they go together for this sitting of the portrait. And it's there that we learn it isn't a painting. It's a sculpture that um, the plan is for in the event that Josie does not survive her illness they would like Clara to become Josie. So the mother has kind of asked her, could she walk like Josie? Could she look like Josie and carry herself like Josie? Um, With the idea that almost like an insurance policy for her, that if she loses... I think it was, um, the, the term was carry Josie on, wasn't it? Was it something like that? Yeah. Um, well, that's how Clara puts it in her rudimentary uh, yeah. English. I guess the backstory to that is also that the, the, the mother had another daughter. Josie had a sister yes. called Sal who had... We never get told why she died or how she died, but I think we're supposed to assume it was the same thing, that she had been lifted and yeah, didn't survive. Although, although Josie says that it wasn't the same didn't she she said somewhere along the line that it was it was different from what she's got so i don't know maybe maybe she actually had an illness i don't yeah well sal didn't yeah we we don't know sal didn't survive and i think miss uh 
Capaldi had made just a doll, like a, a mm. replacement doll, which obviously doesn't do the job of walking and talking and thinking like Sal, so was not a good replacement. Um, but the question is whether, is what makes Josie her anything that can be replicated by a robot? Or is there something specific and special in a human being that you cannot get back in any which way? I guess is the big question. Yeah, well, that's something that we we meet Josie's dad, don't we, a bit later on in the book. And that's something that he speaks about to Clara um saying about the there's being rooms within rooms within rooms up in the human heart and like as soon as you get to know what I guess that's a bit what I was talking about before as soon as you get to know one bit there's another bit that you need to know and Mm -hmm. then as soon as you get to know that bit there's another bit and it keeps going in different directions for the whole of your life like there's just yeah infinite these infinite metaphorical rooms within a human and that's that is what it is to be human I I took from as we went through it that Clara was realizing as we went further and further on because she did initially think yes I can I I, I can be Josie I, I'll be able to yeah. learn to be Josie that's fine um, but as we went on I think she realized that she she wouldn't have been able to carry carry her on um just because there's too many nuances to to us i guess and as you as you grow the different experiences that you have shape your heart and and who you are as a as a human being so you couldn't possibly know who josie is because josie's not even fully formed yet she's fully she's forming as she goes um that's part of life and growing and clara maybe learns that through the changing of the relationship between Rick and Josie. Yeah. As one of the main things because those are the those are the two the two people that she's probably the closest to. She gets close to Rick as we as we go through the story, doesn't she? But yeah. the the not demise of their relationship, but the the changing nature of their relationship as they grow up. I think yeah. is something that she doesn't really compute no with does she she just yeah she sees it as as a kind of well the agreement is is that this is where your life is heading and that she doesn't she doesn't perceive that there might be any deviation from that the plan is that you're going to be together and grow old together and that's the plan and there's no part of her that thinks that those that the heart or the feelings or the emotions can change and it's that that she learns that they can and that people grow and their needs change as they do yeah what did you make of the um the description that clara like she she sees in boxes doesn't she so i guess that's what you're talking about with the tunnel vision type yeah. thing i would i don't know how in my mind i'd put those boxes into like large pixels uh-huh I presume, I, I mean, I guess it's, it's left up to, again, to the reader to decide what he means by that. But when she's going out to the barn, that was one of the places in particular that, um, so she's out in the countryside and she should be able to see like a full picture of the horizon or whatever. But she, 
only will she can only like focus on certain bits but then she as she learns it becomes more of a full picture i quite liked that i liked it and i felt in my head um that it was almost um algorithmic that you know how like when you pick up your phone and it's brand new it knows nothing about you but as as it learns you and you and you search for weird things on the internet it knows what you're into and it shows you more of those things I almost saw it like that kind of algorithm in her in her being as she absorbed more she saw more and she saw more layers and it took her in different directions I think it was that's how I read it was like a little algorithm in her brain yeah that makes sense scary because it's it's what happens the algorithm learns about you they just they're just not in a in a body (laughs) yeah that's very true very true um Hmm. i liked it as a kind of tool for showing the layers of things that she was piecing together that that she started without the full picture and and kind of piece those little bits together yeah Um, i'd be interested to see how it was visually represented one of the things that Stacy in our buddy read had said was that she could see it as like Black Mirror-esque. Yeah. Um, and I think it would make, or along the same lines, would make an incredible episode of Black Mirror. Visually, I can imagine it really nicely. Yeah, yeah I was, I, I've not watched much, I've, I've watched a couple of Black Mirror episodes, but not, not much. Um, and the other thing that it kind of reminded me of was Humans. Did you ever watch that? no but um i remember seeing trailers for it yeah that i i only watched the first season and it was ages ago but the that kind of vibe uh i think yeah there's there's definitely one of the critiques that i read was that it was dealing with quite a lot of stuff that's already been dealt with before like your your standard ai kind of stuff which Mm -hmm. yeah i mean there wasn't anything in it that was like unbelievable in terms of technology because yeah most most of the things that were talked about have have been talked about plenty before but i think there was a lot more i think there was a lot more to the story than maybe some people gave it credit for (laughs) yeah and in terms of your traditional sci-fi story i think it's dealt with with a lot more softness and yeah empathy that was one of the big things about clara as a she was an empathetic robot which is it sounds like an oxymoron but that's exactly what that was her strength was that she could observe and feel not feel but she could understand feelings and and try to observe them i am i think i'd also said that it really did remind me of the steven spielberg stanley kubrick movie ai artificial intelligence where it's a similar i don't know whether you've seen it but it's a similar kind of story in terms of the parents with a sick child and a a robot and could that robot replace that child those ethical moral questions really reminded me of that and um and the element also in that movie ai the robot has um he almost worships this the blue fairy the supernatural kind of being um and clara likewise worships to a certain extent the sun as this like Mm. extra not extraterrestrial but like she's a robot you'd think she's just thinking of straight lines and and formulas but she has this almost religious relationship with the sun she prays to it she makes 
deals with it and she wants it to do miracles for her um yeah I thought that was a nice an relationship I was going to say she didn't have a relationship with the son but her her belief in something I think yeah. I I really liked it was very sweet it was yeah I think that was probably one of the things that humanized her the most was that mm-hmm. she had she had she had hope I think that was one of the main things wasn't it that she she kept saying like she hopes that Josie will be better and and she was doing everything within her power like what she believed to get the son to to assist in that um which I thought was very sweet I also enjoyed the uh the vilification of the Cootings machine (laughs) yeah um which is essentially some sort of like street machine that I've presumed it was some sort of like roadworks type machine that you see that belches out pollution she has this concept because that's another element of the book isn't it the uh environmental issues attached to it so she uh presumes that the cootings machine that she sees from the shop window when she's still in the shop at the very beginning of the book um is responsible for uh the illness of a lot of people so yeah. rather than this lifting being the the cause then she thinks that it's the the cootings machine um which is which is capitalized i really enjoyed in her um speech like where she would capitalize everything yeah <laughs> um and yeah so her destruction of the the cootings machine is uh, important in helping Josie get better and I, I liked that that side of things that um, she placed importance on on the environment and being in the sun and I was saying like I think the seasonal seasonal affective disorder is a very real thing like yeah I definitely feel so much better when I've had some sun probably why I feel so unbelievably tired today is because there's been <laughs> absolutely none um so yeah i think there are a lot of things that we can draw parallels with to real life just looking at screens and not actually getting any real light yeah um and when you do go out in the sunshine you feel so much better yeah i can't wait for the sunshine to come back we've got miserable weather here as well it's horrible (laughs) it's just disgusting so I was teaching tired. one of my um, pupils on uh, online violin uh, viola lesson, and she lives in Canada. And uh, she came to her lesson, she's like all in like sun gear because she was having a beautiful day. Yeah. And it's I just great. Very jealous. <laughs> one, I'm just thinking about the Cootings machine as well. I genuinely felt like real despair and sadness. There's a moment where her and the father have this really nice... It's like a little secret mission that they go on to destroy the Cootings machine and you feel like, yes, go on, you've done it. And then that real moment of sadness when she drives out and drives past and there is a bigger... I I was going to say bigger, better, but I guess a bigger, worser Cootings machine (laughs) that has replaced it. And you're just like, oh no. And that feeling of like, she's tried so hard and she thought she'd won... And they've just replaced it with a bigger machine. And I was like, oh, yeah. no, I've, my, I've felt for her so much because 
yeah that was yeah, a, she that really was a believed that that moment. was she really believed that that was going to be the thing that made Josie get better and yeah it was she thought that the son would be angry with her didn't she because that was the deal yeah. that she'd made that she would go and destroy the cootings machine in in order for the son to um give his special or her special nourishment to Josie I liked the uh, the terminology of the son's nourishment yeah um yeah well, you do feel it though don't you when you go out into the sun it does make oh, you yeah. go like ah oh, I feel good everyone feels good yeah. when they're out in the sunshine oh it made me think so much more than I expected it to which is yeah. what I really enjoy about his writing because I do tend to lean towards I do enjoy a sci-fi novel mm. um and the kind of emotional feelings that that his sci-fi novels give me it's like both of my favorite things in wrapped up in one with a little bow um yeah i really like I it i don't think i honestly don't think i've read a sci-fi novel before this never let me go counts as sci-fi well yeah 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 apart from apart from that one um yeah, I'm just trying to think back. It's really not a genre that I would have ever really gone for, but I'm enjoying it. I've got a couple on my shelf, so um, yeah, I'm I'm in. I'm happy to read more. Um, yeah. I think it's that's but yeah, the kind of genre spanning capacities of the author is that it is a sci-fi yeah. that reads like some sort of kind of it, there isn't a genre that's in emotion emo an emo book it's sci-fi emo emo sci-fi i've made a new genre that's what it is okay. and that's my favorite emo sci-fi yeah emo sci-fi your street <laughs> yeah i just i think i the thing i'm was most pleasantly surprised by is the amount that it's made me think about us as as the human race mm-hmm. and i think the fact that he makes ishiguro makes everything seem so blimmin' normal that was something that we said really early on wasn't it yeah. when we started reading like it just seems so yeah fine this is what's happening yeah. he doesn't over explain anything no it's just kind of here we are dive straight in this is the world we live in yeah, I think if anything, he definitely underexplains it, but that's that's good. Yeah, <laughs> in in my opinion, that it is um, just super. It's matter of fact. We live in this world. This is normal, and you just have to accept it. And yeah. if you accept it within the first ten pages, and you're on that ride, then you're good for the rest. I think yeah. that's one of the so, things that I wrote down. I don't know where in the world this was, or when. I think it was America. There, there are a couple of things that were alluded to that uh, there were a couple of like American states, I think that were. Mm-hmm. Um, although, is was it Rick that's that's English? Yeah. Or his mum's English. His mum's English. Um, and he speaks with an English accent, I think. Yeah. So, but I think it's meant to be in America. But I, correct me if I'm wrong on that. And yeah, we've got no idea. Like actually when it is but like you say it's very that's uh, i i sort of put it as a a parallel timeline really Mm -hmm. 
yeah. but in my mind it all seemed very uh bog standard apart from the genetic modification and the robots if it is futuristic <laughs> it could very easily be 20 years in the future yeah there's no part of me that feels like it's yeah. 100 and 200 years in the future yeah, it yeah. was very kind of now feeling and there wasn't yeah, references I, I, I was gonna say there's not references to flying cars as though that's what the future is going to bring but like <laughs> they just drive everywhere in a normal car they're not like teleporting yeah. anywhere so it doesn't feel like it's like wildly in the future yeah and like the houses the the descriptions that we're given and like the barn they all seem very like completely bog standard yeah so yeah i feel like i uh, that's what i felt like with um never let me go as well i just felt it was in a world parallel to our own yeah um but again that's made everything feel so much more plausible because it was just so yeah just so normal normal yeah there's no other word for it (laughs) this absolutely could be now yeah yeah Yeah. i really enjoyed it i wonder how far we are off of this like genetic modification i think scarily not it wouldn't be that far off there's just so many ethical issues attached to it that i think it would never get off the ground but mm, i don't know i I mean you consider it on a base level of like the big question which has been around for for a number of years now is genetically choosing the the gender of your children which is physically scientifically possible to do Mm. but should we and i think it's it's only the fact that it isn't normal in society that stops this being part of society that it's yeah it's petrifying and i think it is one of those i guess that's a question like i don't know what decisions i would make as a parent you want your children to have the very best opportunities in life but at the risk of of their health i don't i don't think personally that i would choose that i don't yeah i don't know no, and it seems like that's probably a question that um, Josie's mum or Josie's parents wrestled with because there definitely seems to be a lot of indecision. Oh, dogs are barking. Um, a lot of indecision on their side of things. Yeah. Because uh, we get to see that, I guess, when the the statue thing model of Josie is being made i'm not a parent so i don't know what i would do at all um but yeah i can imagine it being a very difficult decision to make especially if people around you like the peer pressure side of things and like you don't want your kid to be left behind and yeah yeah it's i I hope that we never have to make those kinds of decisions (laughs) (laughs) no ideally not um the other thing which I've got written notes on just from the kind of perspective of a parent was I kind of related to Clara in the sense of I know that she wasn't a parental figure to Josie but that her her kind of love and caring for Josie was very much one of like an understanding that at some point Josie won't need her and yeah. she's willing to sacrifice her 
Well, she, I mean, she was. That's, uh, we didn't even touch upon it. When she went to destroy the Cootings machine, one of the ways of, of that's how they did it was for her to yeah. potentially lose part of herself in order to give Josie a chance, um, which she was very ready, very quick to do. She was like, absolutely, yeah. if Josie needs a chance, that's then a we very, give Josie a chance. That's a very human thing to do, isn't it? That sort of self-sacrifice type thing um should basically like it's like an organ donation isn't it really is what she was what she was doing mm-hmm. um i think it was a kind of it was a an understanding of that she she had i don't know whether that was that she was that she had understood those emotions or whether it was a testament to the kind of lack of emotion that she had it she she was aware that she was just a, a not a, a vessel but kind of a she was a method by which Josie was going to be fixed and she almost didn't see herself as worth any more than Josie. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was... Um, I quite I quite like that little touch upon her kind of... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Sac- sacrificing part of herself to fix Josie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you can hear dogs in the background, I'm sorry. My <laughs> dogs decided to have a meltdown. Um, and she's quite loud. She's a rowdy one. Um, and I felt very sad at the end. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a sad ending. Um, I didn't shed a tear because, you know, it's me. But the fact that she just ends up at the dump. <laughs> yeah. And like I the junkyard, bit... isn't it? I felt a bit um, conflicted because I didn't want Josie to die. I didn't no. at all. I th- I think I would have been very sad if she had. But at the same time, I was a little bit like, oh, so Clara's just not needed now. Like, she's just, that's it. She served her purpose. She helped. She was there as an insurance policy. She wasn't needed. And now she's just forgotten about Um which I guess is testament again to the writing that made us care about this robot. Yeah. And then I was like, what happens to them all? Do they all just, that's it? They then live there. Because there was a thing where the manager had found her and said, oh, well, there's a few AFs around the corner. And is there just going to be like a graveyard of them? You don't, because they don't, you don't bury them. They're just sitting there, just existing forever. Yeah, it just seems to be that that's the, that's the done thing, isn't it? Um, But... There we go. I, honestly, what is my dog doing? Right, give me one moment. I'm just going to go and see what's going on. Right. We've got a dog on the podcast. Yay. There we go. Pod She's puppy. Here. Pod puppy. It's a shame that I'm not videoing it, but I don't know. She's obviously got spooked by something and uh, decided that she didn't want to shut up. Um, so here she is. Anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> Robots in a junkyard. Robots in a junkyard. Should we put you in a junkyard, Boo? Maybe. <laughs> oh dear, now Gizmo's tripping over all of my wires. It's a bit of a chaotic end descended to this podcast. into chaos. It has descended into chaos. <laughs> I don't think that we... Um, I had much more to say on it. I think we've touched upon all of the, the big questions. Um yeah (laughs) do you agree boo (laughs) or you've just had enough of me talking (laughs) that's what she thinks 
um yeah i agree i i really liked it i'm definitely gonna read remains of the day uh, yeah <laughs> shut up <laughs> um but yeah the the long and short of it is that we we liked it um our next features read i think we can already say what it's going to be can't we because mm-hmm. we've we've made a decision that we're gonna do uh pachinko um, next time aren't we yep. um and hopefully we'll get there's there were quite a few people on bookstagram that said that they wanted to do a little buddy read for that one so hopefully we'll get a little group set up so maybe send us a message or whatever if you want to be a part of that um if you haven't already let your interest be known (laughs) um but yeah that'll be another another good one um so far so good with all of our featured reads i don't think we've had a not had a dud one have we no no normal people wasn't one was it we read that no, together, no. but not as a featured read. That would have been a very short yeah. episode. Or one that yeah. would be taken off iTunes for expletives. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Um, but yes, I, I agree with you. Cool. So yeah, hopefully we'll ha- we'll have a few to do for next time. I've got the dogs like turned into a worm. He just won't sit still. Um, but do you want hopefully, me to yeah, wrap we'll it have... up? Oh my God, yeah, please. <laughs> okay well yeah that was Clara and the Sun the next one next episode will be a short stories episode and we've both read um, quite a few books already this month and we have more to read so um, tune in for that and yeah next featured read Pachinko keep your eyes on the Instagram page for more frocks fiction and other stuff pretty things dogs if she's not yeah, been probably. kicked out of the house <laughs> disowned she just wants wants part of the fame she wants her moment <laughs> in lights um but yeah cool thanks for listening nice. everybody we Thank will you. um talk at you later we will goodbye bye everyone hi there so much for listening to two girls one book podcast if you like what you heard we would love for you to like follow rate subscribe in fact just all all that good stuff please would be fantastic you can also find us on instagram at two girls one book pod so come and follow us over there as well happy reading and join us next time